sell in May? No, 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 no. We sell in April in 2022. Timber! Markets are crashing. Yields are rising. We're supposed to get 1,050 basis point rate hikes between now and September. Good luck with that, Jerome. Uranium's crashing. The Nassar victims are suing the FBI for $120 million. We're going to talk testicle tanning, if you can believe that. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 166 of Bizarro World, our therapy session. And man, is it necessary this week. How are you, Nick? I'm doing good, Gerardo. How are you? You know, it's 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 been a week. You know, a lot of the background stuff. Um, you know, I I, I want to take a minute and say, you know, we 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 lost an original in our space and a mentor to a mentor of ours. We lost Mr. Dines, who you know we should all be so lucky to live the colorful, original, unique, long life that that man lived. Um, I know he was somebody that was an inspiration to a lot of people way before my time. Right, I'm 43 years old. Um, He's, you know, in, in hip hop, they say, you know, Jay-Z is your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Well, in the newsletter business, he was your new favorite newsletter writer's favorite newsletter writer. That's who Mr. Dines was. And, you know, I, I, I want to send condolences to, to family and loved ones and friends on that front. It's, uh, it's been tough seeing, um, you know, when your mentor loses a mentor, it, it, it's, it's tough, right? We all live kind of vicariously through the people that we care about. So condolences there, but man, what a life, right? Uh, a long life, well lived, over 90 years old, and uh, a fantastic newsletter, well written and well published and long lived as well. I counted up the uh, editions, uh, monthly uh, issues of the Dines that are written since 1960, over 730 of them. Um, and so that Ooh. is some staying, some staying power. Um, had the courage to leave his, his Wall Street firm to write the letter, to back the um, hard money movement. And uh, like you say, I think every newsletter writer's favorite uh, newsletter writer, I had the privilege of you know, helping him market the newsletter in, in some of its later years. And, and of course, we both got to uh, meet him and, and colorful is the, the right word for sure. Uh, whenever you asked him how he was doing, Mr. Dines, at least to me, would say never better, my boy, it's a great day to be alive. And uh, on his voicemail message would um, encourage you to have a great rest of your day. Uh, no, in fact, the great rest of your life. And so um, I was always wishing the, the best for others as well. And that's part of the um, high states that he wrote about in one of his books. So no, perfect uh, to kick off with uh, condolences and a semi-tribute to, to Mr. James Dines. Well done. Absolutely. Um, have a great rest of your life. That should be the title for this therapy session. I like it. Let's get right into it. Um, I mean, look, nobody told my IRA that the markets were crashing. So I opened my account. I'm like, woohoo! <laughs> my Patriot battery metal shares are locked up right until, until at least December and I'll likely hold through then. But those continue to do well. You got me to uranium deal like at 10 cents, like a buck 80. Nobody told that deal that it was supposed to be cratering. But boy, is there a lot down under, right? The Dow is down a thousand points today. I'm down for the fourth straight week. The 10 years flirting with 3%. I'm finally right about the dollar. It's at 101, so. looking like it's going to be at 102. And again, I've always said I think what causes the Fed to pivot is going to be something breaking in the bond market. And ooh, it's getting sassy out there. It's getting sassy. I'd love your thoughts there, Nick. Uh, a lot of 
macro market stuff you just mentioned there. So I'll try to get it all out of my mouth. Um, metals have been doing well, obviously, as the broader markets have not been doing as well. You said down four weeks in a row. Uh, we told you a months ago, in fact, uh, as early as February, that earnings were going to be uh, not as good as they were in previous quarters because they weren't getting compared to 2020. They were instead hmm. getting compared to 2021 when people weren't. Um, locked down in their house. And so you're seeing that um, happen right now. Basically, one in five S&P companies has now reported 20% of the S&P 500 is reported and you're seeing earnings growth um, at 6.6%, which will be the slowest we've seen since the last quarter of uh, 2020. If you remember, it was double digit earnings growth for uh, most of the last year or so. And that's what allowed the stock market, particularly the uh, tech stocks and, and high growth meme stuff to, to hit new highs and new highs and new, new highs. And, and we're not seeing that now. In fact, we're seeing the um, earnings starting to contract and um, it, we're able to position for this, I guess, late last year. You mentioned that your your IRA is, is doing well, you know, it, doesn't have to and be. they're not in an IRA, but I, I just think it's a funny joke. <laughs> just to be clear before somebody gets all technical on me. Because they're because they're very small speculative stocks, right? And, <laughs> they won't take them, yeah. And and I guess what I was gonna say is that um, you know, if you sidestep this tech sell-off, right? If you sold tech stocks, for example, maybe in December of 2021, like foundational profits members did, um, and got into gold. Um, as a bit of a, a pivot uh, headed into this year, then, you know, you're not feeling so bad either, as I'm sure some of these tech investors are when you see in Netflix, which I know we'll talk more about in this podcast, take the, the 50 or 60 percent haircut that it's already taken. And um, in a very real way, Q2 earnings could be even worse than, than Q1 earnings. And so mm -hmm. um, what else did you mention there? Um, gold and uranium commodities have done well. They're they're in a bit of a pullback. And last week you asked me, where do I see value in the uranium space? And I said the value was in pullbacks. And so um, a couple of things I was writing about this week. One, I put out new levels for two uranium stocks and the pullback came within three pennies of both of them. Um, not hit yet. And then on the GDXJ, um, my target was hit that I assigned over two weeks ago to, to foundational profits uh, members. So they should have been buying GDXJ this week as I was, um, as I was buying more uranium stocks. Like I went into URA, for example, this week, because why not? You know, just a week ago, we were talking about, we went to sell Sky Harbor at the highs. And a week later, I'm talking about buying uranium stocks. So <laughs> that's how it is in this market right now. And, and to put a finer point on it, you know, that's sort of how the rest of the market was before, right? um sell the rips and buy the dips and now that's sort of on its head you should be selling the rips in the broader market if you haven't yet you should have already done that and then you should be buying the dips and the, the markets that are going up which are gold and, and commodities certainly uh battery related stuff and the and the and the, and, and, the, and the pgs so anyway aren't you glad you took your money back from your money manager so glad <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> Absolutely. The only thing I've gotten wrong has been bonds. And I still don't think, oh, that's the other thing you mentioned. Uh, well, we're getting 10 rate hikes. So I mean, what the fuck are we getting? I mean, and so like uh, how high are rates really going to go? And so that trade has been wrong, but everything else has made up for it, I would say, because I haven't lost money this year. So anyway, that feels pretty good. No, look, I was wrong about the dollar for a long time. And I said, look, when capital flees, that's where it's going to flee. It's the cleanest, dirty shirt in the laundry basket. And yeah, it took a while to play out, but it's playing out now. And so, you know, that long-winded way of saying, I don't think you're going to be wrong on rates for long. 
they're uh, the the Fed's talking about you know the potential for six to seven fifty basis point rate hikes each 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 hike being fifty basis points between now and September. It's not gonna happen, folks. And if it does, uh, you better have some liquidity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you better have some liquidity because the markets will uh, will a market will break if it's not you know junk bonds like we talked about last week. If it's not um, you know. Uh, one of these more speculative, you know, kind of CD credit bonds, something's going to get sacrificed that'll give Powell cover to turn and pivot like he always does I mean, and like the Fed always does. I mean, the Nasdaq's down 20% for the year. Stuff is breaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gold, the names of uh, this week, a lot of red. I mean, right? Co- copper <laughs> names. You. <laughs> You you would think gold was down, you know, to the 1600 level. You would think copper was back at 250. Um, not the case. Can't stress enough the opportunity in some of the gold names. You and I had a conversation about Magna Gold um, offline, who just announced, you know, by the way, they put this together quickly, right? They, they started drilling La Margarita last year. They already have, you know, a maiden resource um, on, on that project with, I believe it's somewhere between 20 and 30 million silver ounces across all categories. And that's just based off of one tiny small drill program. So, you know, kudos to Arturo Bonilla as the CEO and the team at Magna for adding value. The market was already giving that project a grand total value of zero. And then what it did this week after the resource was published is it gave it a negative value as the stock's down to the 66 cent level on, on the Canadian side of it. Um, which is a market cap of what? 55 million. Right. They're generating more cash than that. And, and sure, there's cost and everything, but they're generating a lot more cash than that. If if you just want to buy and wait, Magna's as good a name out there as I can find. I'll give you another freebie, everybody. Revival Gold. Uh, marching towards 5 million ounces. You'll be at a site visit there soon. Um, I had a trade executed today in Revival Gold. Yeah. There you go. You're going to get a bunch of free names today. Here's another one for you guys. And gals, uh, Cucho Copper. We talked Cucho Copper last week and the week before. That pulled back a little bit today after having a great week. It had a pretty good week. But again, this is a stock that was $1.10 with wheat and precious metals, um, you know, um, getting their shares at, at 90 something cents, if I'm not mistaken. Exercising options at 95 cents or at 91 cents sitting here in the high 50s, high 50s, low 60s all week long. Again, feasibility stage deposit, a lot of copper. Zinc, exploration upside, deep-pocketed partner, good community relations. They just had some warrants that are coming in, and you know that's going to last for another couple of weeks. That's an opportunity. So when you look at the broader indices, folks, and you see a 20% haircut, you mentioned Netflix, 50% haircuts in big, big blue-chip stocks. There's, there's ways to, to, to rotate capital into absolute bargains that are steals. The Netflixes of the world... Um, are it even after the discount? There's much. No, they can go down more. That's what I was saying. Yes. Earnings can be worse in the next quarter. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's a long-winded way again of me talking my book because you know the resource space is, is my bread and butter. But man, I am chomping at the bit um, on, on some of these names, and and you know, there's a lot of bargains out there. Use the weakness to your advantage. You t- touched on uranium, and we talked uranium. UEC was six, seven dollars like a week and a half ago. I think it closed today, like four twenty or four thirty or something. Wow. I gotta look, but I mean, that's when you should be buying UEC. Four fifty three is way to close that today. I mean, had a low of four forty six. 
those are opportunities. You got to take advantage of those. And, and Absolutely. it's a greed and fear game. This is the fear part. That's usually when you should be buying, right? No, no doubt. UEC is, uh, I'm pretty sure, in the Global X Uranium ETF that I was buying today. So I just told you everything I was buying today. I was buying the Global X Uranium ETF. I was buying Vanek Gold uh, Junior Miners. And I was buying Sabani Stillwater. I don't know if you've looked at that one recently, yep. but uh, you can get one of the largest gold and PGE miners in the world, and they're yielding over 6%. So there's plenty of stuff um, out there to buy and things that are actually in a bull market and not a developing bear market. Yeah, you say you can't stress that enough, and that's right. Like the broader stock market is not in a bull market. Like the earnings are going to continue to slow. And so, um, there's no other way to say that, you know, reduce your exposure. If you haven't already increase your exposure uh, to the things that are doing well, um, you know, not just uh, miners. I'd also say that we own utilities and uh, we own a couple of, of REITs that have, that have done okay. And so that's the other thing that points to rates not going up. I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast or not, but those are rate sensitive industries, oh, yeah. right? I mean, utilities and obviously real estate. And so if those sectors are some of the uh, best performing S&P sectors so far this year, just underneath energy, of course, then that means the market's not really super scared about rates, you know, going much, much higher. So anyway, just I keep that in the back of my mind when uh, I, I think about the, the 10 year approaching 3%, you know, uh, large market sectors don't believe that to be true. And so I think we got a pretty firm handle on the, the direction of the market here and maybe sound like broken records because I know we mentioned some of the stuff last week, but it is what it is. And especially when you have the opportunity to, to execute on some of that stuff like you saw this week. I mean, I, I, I me myself, I can't complain about a broken record that continues to pay out. Sure. Play that thing exactly all day right. and night long. Play that one as often as you want and let it rip all night, right? Um, so yeah, look, I think April's the new May. I think whether it's the broader indices, HCA Holdings, right? That's a big company. It's down 20% today. It's trading like wow. Chicana Copper, <laughs> right? Which is like also down some 15% today. So when you have, you know, a Chicana Copper trading like HCA Holdings, one of those is not sustainable. And then, you know, I would say Chicana Copper is a better opportunity at this point once they get you know, some some clarity on, on on financing. They did extend a payment with Condor Resources. Um, they pushed the payment out. That'll give it some financial flexibility. I wouldn't be surprised if they did a streaming or royalty deal that's, you know, not dilutive or at least not as dilutive as a straight up financing. But, you know, a lot of you have asked about Chicana Copper. Still love the story. They under under delivered on the resource. I think people expected more. Um, it took a while. I think you wrote that well, Nick. It took a while for them to get to that resource. But I think that's always been, to me anyhow, has always been an exploration story um, with with the potential, with all these breccia pipes to deliver, you know, multi, multi-million ounces of gold and, you know, billions of pounds of copper potentially. Um, I, I, I think the market doesn't look at it as an exploration story because of the focus on the resource. And I think it believes it has to go to the market to finance. So we'll see how that plays out. But I think once that's behind it, whether it's dilutive or not, then we can get back to, you know, unlocking the value that's there. And and then it's in Peru. So that didn't help any, right? Sure. There was certainly a lot of excitement around the drill holes and those rocks haven't gone anywhere. So, um, you know, with time and a little bit better execution, we'll see what Chicana can get back to. That's it. Um, I, I, I can't 
to continue this episode without asking about why testicle tanning is on my list. I know it's been a busy week. Uh, there's been a lot going on in my end of it. I didn't put testicle tanning on the list, did I? Uh, I don't know how long this is going to take to cover, but certainly we're <laughs> long it's going to take to cover. <laughs> Depends on the, never mind. <laughs> Sadro, what was his name? Um, um, so, uh, Mr. Tucker Carlson uh, was interviewing this gentleman earlier this week, or maybe over the weekend, about um, sort of like alternative medicine for men. I don't know if you've seen recently, and this it, it might take me a second, so let me set the stage that he's been, uh, and Fox News has been, you know, catering to this certain uh, persona of the the white male. Um, you know, they run ads with, you know, shirtless white males chopping wood and doing very manly things. You know, the demographic they're catering to, um, the demographic with the, um, thin blue line hats and, and come and, and take black, it. black, yes, yes. And the black <laughs> rifle coffee, which we've talked about on, on this podcast. And I actually bought some of that stuff. Did you? They're going to spend their money on that. Then why not? But anyway, um, um, so Tucker Carlson was interviewing this this uh, guy. I don't know if he was a doctor or just an alternative medicine guy about you know how men can be more manly, increase their testosterone and stuff. And so let me set the the, the broader point here first is that you've seen certainly with the, the pandemic and things like that, the willingness to embrace sort of like pseudoscience, right? Um, and not just the ivermectin, but the, um, you know, the steadfastness with which with which people oppose the vaccine, even though you know they did, weren't preventing infections as much, they certainly were preventing death. And yeah. anyway, just this general um, pushback against the science, right? And so, <laughs> and there were things that were they got wrong for sure. I mean, I've been vocal sure. about the masks and things, but this is sort of one of the rights like tenants. You can see this brewing. I don't know if I'm articulating. Well, you are, you are, absolutely. So anyway, this guy is talking about um, how you can, and Tucker Carlson is in, interviewing him about how you can increase your testosterone, and he starts to disparage the experts, right? He says that, um, you know, there's this research out there that's that's being overlooked, that's not getting a lot of credit, and um, it's about um, tanning your testicles with uh, a laser and it, to increase the testosterone. And so he's advocating the testicle tanning. Um, to become more manly and <laughs> become um, more manly. <laughs> yes, a guy named and Tucker so, wants you to tan your testicles to become more manly. A guy named and that's who you should listen to, folks. <laughs> Tucker with his sockless docksiders. Um, and anyway, so it gets better. Um, so you know, there's all these urologists and things on Twitter saying like, nope, nope, like that's not the thing. Like shouldn't be do shouldn't be doing that. Um, but the best name. So the best part was the name for it. So um, this guy, instead of homeopathy, he was encouraging people to embrace bromeopathy and, t and tan their testicles. This is a Tucker Carlson interview, you know, canvas director's chair, face to face interviewing the man about testicle tanning. So anyway, journalism. Hashtag journalism in 2022. Um <clears throat> Yeah, uh, I don't know where to go with that one. 
like you know let's pivot to netflix because okay, so there is no good segue from testicle tanning and a guy named tucker telling you to tan your testicles and call it, it romeopathy and uh yeah um laser eyes oh god oh god so good um let's talk uh streaming services nick i know you wanted to talk about the business you know cannibalizing itself basically which is what's happening right and and you know i'll I'll preface the discussion by saying this, in my 43 years of watching TV, call it 39 that I can recall, I've never seen as many quality shows. I know you don't watch much TV, mm-hmm. but man, there's some quality stuff out there from comedy to you know stand up to movies, um, studio produced movies that you know, are direct to streaming to, to series originals, right? I'm, I'm, I'm watching this, uh, the rise and, and, and the rise of the Los Angeles Lakers on HBO and it's, whether it's accurate or not, it's so entertaining, right? It follows Magic Johnson from college and Jerry Buss uh, buying the LA Lakers and just how difficult it was for him to do that. And anyhow, we've talked about it before, but there's so much quality television. It's hard to keep up. There's a list of shows that I can't wait to watch. And it seems like every week I have friends saying, you haven't seen this, you haven't seen that. And I'm like, and I watch TV, My, the wife and I, you know, every, every evening we'll sit down for an hour or two and have a great conversation and, and, and just put a show on and, just not enough time in the day to keep up with everything. So um, to your point. Yeah. And some of those shows and movies are coming from, you know, different houses these days, right? Everybody's got their own uh, production. Netflix is cranking out content. You mentioned HBO, there's Paramount Plus, there's Disney Plus, HBO Max. Um, there's what the Peacock. There was someone that started with a Q that failed recently. I forget what the name of that one even was, but and consumers are reaching fatigue, right? So um, we just mentioned that Netflix has had a 60% haircut. I think they lost like, you know, 30 billion in market cap this week, if that number sticks out in my head correctly, and lost um, uh, almost a quarter million subscribers, over 200,000 of them. So they're talking about cracking down on the password sharing, um, which is one aspect. I didn't <laughs> You really said that's that. like a million subscribers if you count everybody who shares your password. <laughs> Crazy, right? So yeah, they're, they're trying to crack down on that, but um, they're also going to bring in, it sounds like advertisements. And so I guess I wanted to talk about the industry as a whole, because I mentioned this before, right? Everybody was cutting the cord, right? And that was yeah. fine when you were just going to um, Netflix, but it's not fine when you've got eight other bills that are $9.99 a month on your credit card, yeah. then you didn't cut the cord at all. In fact, you might be paying um, more and then you got to keep track of those things. So that's what's being reached. That's the term they're dubbing it is, you know, subscription fatigue or streaming fatigue and the, the amount of uh, services. And then, um, you know, everything is a cycle or comes full circle. So if they reintroduce ads, how is it any different from the, the, the cable anyway that you were so desperate to leave? It seems to me that it's basically the same as it was. It wasn't um, cord cutting at all. You want to say? No, 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 no. I'm imagining something else, and I'll tell you in a second because you know how my brain works. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so those stocks are having a really rough go of it. I mean, they're going to have to reintroduce ads, and like you said, they could go down further. So. I mean, Disney's had a rough go. If you look at that chart and, um, you know, suspended the dividend a couple of years ago is fighting with Florida about tax stuff. I mean, these um, streaming digital companies are basically in for a rough go is what I wanted to say. And and, and bigger than the the fiscal um, irony of that is the um, just the philosophical irony of that and that everybody ran away from from cable to run to these things that is now 
uh, turning out to 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 be just like cable was or having to embrace the same model cable did to be monetarily successful. So um, just thought that was a little bit funny, I guess. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, it, 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 I was sitting here and I was thinking about, you know, the evolution of some of these streaming services and the way that, as you mentioned, initially, a lot of the cord cutting, I, I did it, right? YouTube TV, I, I do that. Now I have a Showtime subscription, an HBO subscription, an ESPN Plus and a Disney Plus. But initially the appeal was, okay, I don't mind paying specifically for what I want if I'm, I'm going to be able to dodge the ads and, and, and not worry about any of that because it's, it's there's, again, there's not enough time in a day, right? So I'll pay the premium for it. But now that they're reintroducing the ads into some of the premium services, I feel like they're setting us up for that next tier, right? Where it's like, okay, well, you already are paying a premium price for a premium subscription. We're going to make it less premium and then sell you another tier. tier and I'm like, yeah. And then at what point is like, all right, at what point am I a sucker? Because I don't mind spending. I, I, I love spending money, right? You can't take it with you. Um, Denzel Washington's got that great line recently where he said, have you ever seen a hearse, uh, a, a U-Haul behind a hearse? He's like, yeah, save some, but but also, you know, have some fun with your with, with with your money if you're able to do so. And so, I don't mind spending, but I hate getting suckered, Nick. And 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 man, it really does feel like they're setting me up for that next top tier of whatever, whatever. You talked about the lightning lane, you know, at at, at Disneyland <laughs> and how when we did Amazon, we didn't even know about the lightning lane, right? Um, this feels like that. This feels like they're setting us up for a lightning lane. Well, and, you know, speaking even more broadly, it's, you know, partly Pareto's principle, you know, 20% of your customers will likely always pay more to be in a higher tier. And then 20% of that 20% again will do the same. Um, but also is society reflecting that growing wealth disparity? I mean, if there's a category of people who will pay uh, that next tier and, and have a coin to do that, of course, companies are going to cater to that. You know, I saw this week, uh, rental price for a house in the Hamptons for a month. Do you know what it is to rent a house in the Hamptons for one month? Probably 150 grand. A million dollars. To rent it for yes. a month? Yes. Man, it must be a hell of a house. It's crazy, right? <laughs> a million dollars? <laughs> huh. Yeah, and so, I mean, people have it is the is the thing with this this growing wealth disparity and and like you say are willing to to spend it easy come easy go and so um anyway yeah all very interesting yeah now you know what else is interesting to me is um 13 sexual assault victims of the usa gymnastic team doctor larry nassar just filed a claim against the fbi or claims i should say Separate claims, $10 million each, totaling $130 million. Um, the lawsuits allege, and we've talk, we talked about this before, um, that the agents involved turned a blind eye, right, to the sexual abuse. He, he did this for decades. And so there was a report, uh, uh, Inspector General's report that was, you know, independent, and it, it, it basically laid it out. You know, it said that, you know, senior officials in the Indianapolis FBI office failed to respond to the allegations. They made, quote unquote, numerous and fundamental errors when they did respond and violated multiple FBI policies when undertaking their investigative activity, I should say, not ability, activity. Um, this is a failure from top to bottom Girls were assaulted. Underage girls were assaulted. It went on for decades. The claims went largely 
uninvestigated. Somebody, forget the lawsuit. Somebody needs to go to prison for this. If, if listen, I have a niece who's in gymnastics. If, if a, 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 a report is made, if it got to a report, let me say that. Let's assume we went the law-abiding way, right? I mean, not the Old Testament way. But if, if a report was made to law enforcement that something happened to her or someone on her team and nobody did anything about it, and then it happened again and it happened again and it happened again, and then we find out that the same agents that are turning a blind eye are pitching jobs, you know, getting looking for positions, more lucrative positions with the same group that they're turning a blind eye to, the Olympics. Um, boy, there would be a lot of Old Testament going on. And, and I hope, you know, 10 million each, 130 million, that's not going to undo any of the pain. There's no amount of money. But God, I really do hope that these young ladies um, 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 clean up. And I hope, I hope somebody uh, goes to prison because this is absolutely horrible. Mind you, um, this is after the, the, the USA Gymnastics and Olympic and Paralympic Committee and their, and their insurers already agreed to pay $380 million in a lawsuit uh, with Nassar. But the FBI should absolutely be held accountable. And just like we praise our law enforcement when they do great things, this was not so great. Um, and it led to the abuse, directly led to the abuse of many, many people. And it didn't need to happen. So, yeah, let's, let, let's see where that goes. I'm curious to see that. What was the rationale, remind me, for um, their neglect? There, well, there were several, there were different instances. And I, I, I recall, I, I don't recall the specifics of everyone. I know in one situation, the field, the Indianapolis field office captain, right, was, that was in charge of the investigation was just not following up at all on the reports and then simultaneously was pitching the Olympic Committee for a position within the Olympic Committee that he would have, you know, made more money, had more prestige, had more benefits. So I don't know if it's a case of the bad apple that happened to have all the strings telling his field officers, hey, don't touch this. I'm on it. Leave it alone. This isn't for you. Right. And then not doing anything. And if that's the case, send him directly to prison. And if you put him under the prison, I wouldn't shed a tear. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll follow up. Maybe next week or the week after, we'll, we'll, we'll do a follow-up and we'll dig that back up and we'll see exactly, um, we'll link the, the, the Inspector General's report about the, uh, the, the, the failures and exactly why um, that was compromised. But yeah, ugly, ugly, ugly stuff. Mm. Yeah. Uh, worth mentioning, I guess, the, the painkiller fallout. I was reminded of that while, while, <laughs> while you were talking. I mean, that continues to go. So um, speaking of just neglect and, uh, taking forever to get justice and um, people doing things to to get ahead at the at the very clear expense of other people's uh, happiness and, and physical and emotional um, uh, well being. So we learned recently that McKinsey was consulting on both sides of the, mm -hmm. the deal, consulting with governments uh, about the issue and consulting with. Um, the companies and advertising their their government consulting role to companies as a way to basically say, hey, we can help you figure out like how to get these pills more widely prescribed. So that's like the McKinsey, right? Like the, yeah. the global consulting McKinsey. <laughs> um, and then uh, there was John. You know, we're on to Johnson and Johnson now, who's trying to to settle. And um, I have to open up the story. Do I have it here? Oh God, do I have it open? 
Yeah, so they agreed to pay $99 million to, to settle opioid-related claims in West Virginia, and West Virginia told them to go pound sand. Good, um, good for they, West Virginia. They, they, right, they were like one of the most hardest hit states. And so, you know, that, that continues to go on. And, and how many years has that been? And you're at uh, a place now where you're over 100,000 uh, overdose deaths in the U.S. every year and uh, struggling to find uh, accountability there. So, yeah, I saw both those stories, the, the Larry Nasser one and the, and the opioid continued fallout. So, um, and of course, uh, you know, we talk about this, the, the changing of the institutions and the, the, the need that we have for a better justice system. And those are two very glaring examples. Yeah. And, and, and you know, let's not even save it for another week. I was able to pull it up uh, while you were sharing the story about, you know, uh, the, these, these companies that keep bribing themselves out of prison somehow. Meanwhile, if you're in the street selling marijuana um, and it's, it's not decriminalized in your state, you're going away. You can believe that. Um, so, and Congress has no interest in changing that either. We're not going to get that this year, but anyway. Or, or, yeah, I don't think we get that with this administration, to be frank. Um, but let's let's <laughs> that's another conversation for another day. Pivoting back, so the Indianapolis Field Office Special Agent in Charge, because we like to make sure that we 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 highlight and, and credit um, the people that were responsible for this and not paint with a vague brush. Right? It was W. J. Abbott and another unidentified supervisory special agent. Um, and the, the, the inspector general report says that they did a limited follow-up investigation in 2015 that included only a handful of email exchanges. This is after accusations were reported to the FBI and five pages of handwritten notes. The officers also neglected to interview two of the three accusers who were available for interviews. So can you imagine your daughter, your family filing a claim, the courage it takes just to even, as a young lady, as a parent, put that out in the public domain. You file a claim, you go to the FBI, you explain what's happening, and these assholes don't even interview her? It, oh, it gets better, it, it, it gets better. So not only did they not interview two of the three um, uh, victims, um, accusers, they also did the Indianapolis field office did not advise state or local authorities about the allegations and then did not take any action to mitigate the risk to gymnasts that the doctor continued to treat. They didn't tell the state troopers. They didn't tell the city police department. They didn't do anything to remove this guy from a position where he would stop abusing these young ladies. Put this Abbott motherfucker under the prison. Put him it's, under the prison. It's crazy when you see how fervently we police other things. You mentioned marijuana. I could think of um, selling Lucy cigarettes or hmm. trying to, trying to pass off a, a, a fake check for under a hundred bucks, for example. How how rigidly we police those to the point of um, taking people's lives uh, while trying to arrest them uh, using police force, and then you have this um, documented. Um, uh, allegations uh, against uh, children in our community and there's no urgency to act at all. And so that juxtaposition to me is just, it, it's, I mean, it's unsettling to, to know that, that, that that's your, your law enforcement and that's uh, what happens. I mean, you know, I have two daughters. If I were to report to something like that and there was no follow-up, I mean, I would be absolutely off the walls. And so, um, 
it doesn't bode well for the, the confidence that people are putting in law enforcement when you truly need them, right? Not when someone's left turn signal is out, but when there's 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 true crime going on that they don't show up. Yeah, and and just you know to 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 kind of wrap it up on this one here, you know the the the, the job he was soliciting, this Abbott jerk. <laughs> Uh, the job that he was soliciting was an Olympic security detail when he retired. And so um, during the eight months that the FBI was supposed to be investigating these gymnasts' claims, Abbott met with a high-ranking official with the USA Gymnastics Organization at a bar to discuss a potential job offer. So again, you, uh, you're just not going to make me believe that there wasn't some sort of quid pro quo here where the Olympics committee, this is why they paid the 380 million, I believe, wasn't telling this, this agent in charge, Hey, just don't, 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 don't go there. Like we don't want the liability around this. This is messy. This, this isn't good. And him shaking his head. Well, I'd really love a high ranking security job uh, with the Olympic committee when I'm done here, you know, I'm retiring soon. Right. And them going, okay, we'll definitely look into that. And then this guy going, I'm not even meeting with the accusers. I'm not even interviewing them. Disgusting, disgusting, disgusting. Put him under yeah, the prison. That's hard. Put him under the prison. Yeah, horrible. Um, let's switch gears. Let's, let's, you know, and this is a quick one, right? This isn't anything that I'm going to, you know, rant about. Just, you know, everybody knows I'm a diehard Cub fan. Um, Jason Hayward is a player that, is an outfielder, uh, team leader, you know, great citizen. Um, and, and every year, you know, he's nominated for being one of the most involved members in his community. And it was really neat to me this year that, you know, he not only made it a point to make donations to inner city kids, but he combined that with donations to rural kids in, in Illinois, right? People forget that Illinois for the most part is, you know, land of Lincoln, it's Chicago and a lot of cornfield and a lot of other stuff, right? And so I thought that it was neat to see the mix because I think oftentimes when we talk about um, uh, disenfranchised uh, youth and, and, and disadvantaged youth, I think typically for me, and maybe because I, I grew up in the inner city and maybe grew up, you know, broke and trying to figure life out, um, I think, the city. And I, I, I thought it was neat for Jason Hayward to say, we need to do a better job of including rural disenfranchised people or disadvantaged people that don't have the same resources. Let's also pay some attention out there because that's also important. And I think, you know, I think as a country and uh, we could do a better job. It's great to see an athlete, um, you know, take, take, take a stand on that and, and, and use this platform for good in that sense. You know, we hear so often in the news, you know, they told LeBron James to shut up and dribble as if he can't have a thought about something outside of dribbling a basketball. We all know what that meant, right? Know your place, black person. That's what that was. But it's 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 good to see athletes do some good with their platform in a way that isn't clickbaitish or is it, you know, um, just publicity for publicity's sake. Just a good citizen doing good by his community and communities outside of the immediate community. And we should all do more of that while we're around if we can, right? Go Jason Hayward. Yeah, that's good stuff. Go Jason Hayward. Mr. Hodge, that's all I got, man. Anything else you want to get off your chest there? We gave a bunch of free names out. We got some macro take. We talked about who should be put under the prison. We talked about testicle tanning. Um, anything else on your end of it? Last thing for me is just a, a bookend on uh, private deals. So I told you mm. about one. I was writing a check into last week at 20 cents. Um, I believe that stock was up to... 26 cents today. 
Um, so you can write a check into a, a 26 cents stock at 20 cents and get a full warrant uh, at 40 cents. That's open until the end of April. I'm personally writing a check into that. Members of um, Hodge family office uh, are participating in that as well. And I've heard the response was uh, decent. And then next week I'll be putting out another uh, private deal, not in the resource space. Um, and so I think that's worth taking a look at. Uh, I'll set the stage just for a second. It comes from uh, a group that's given me a, a number of deals over the years. Years They didn't all work out. No one's deals uh, always work out, yep. of course, but some of the ones that worked out um, worked out fantastically, like Immunoprecise, for example, I believe remains um, the best private placement check I've ever written for 3,000% mm. returns, over 3,000% returns, and I still um, own some shares in that. That was like, um, you know, that's 10 cents to, gosh, that stock hit 20 some dollars last year. So, um, and, and so this new deal is in the nanotech space and they have, it's in the coding space um, and they can uh, prevent windshields from, from cracking. They're working on a coding that will prevent um, uh, frost from forming and they can even inject this nanotechnology into military uniforms so that the uniforms don't show up on like infrared cameras, for example. And that's very important because they already have a military contract for that. They already yeah. got their foot in the door and in the bidding process for that, no other company met the objectives. Basically, there's no competition for that on the military side and they can coat hard surfaces as well. Um, and oh, I should also tell you that the their sort of sister company that went public before this was financed at 20 cents and then went on the NASDAQ to over $120 last year. So um, that's the pedigree of the deal. It involves getting insurance to pay for some of the costs. Um, and that's a very big deal. And so um, I'm writing a check into that as well. We'll be out to subscribers next week. And uh, of course, you got to be a member of Hodge Family Office to participate. But a good way to um, get a little bit outside the resource space to get in um, a technology that is uh, being adopted and um, well, to, just to diversify a little bit with a, a group that has had some really big winners. I only mentioned uh, two there, but, but there were some others for sure. So um, you got to be accredited, of course, and continue to say that that's how I've made the bulk of my investment wealth is writing checks into uh, private deals. This one is not even public yet. You'd be uh, in ahead of the IPO round. So uh, worth checking out for sure, I'd say. Listen, folks, the last time that Mr. Hodge sent a deal my way that I wrote a check for, it went from 10 cents to $1.80 in two weeks. Was it two weeks, Nick? It was something stupid, like Very 13 fast. days or, or 12 days or something like that. I, I, I literally sat there. I thought I had the wrong ticker symbol for a while because the company changed names and I, I just kind of dismissed it after four or five days. And then you brought it back up. I was like, oh, that is the company. Huh? I'm like, well, that's neat. That was great. So they don't all go that way. But uh, you have a pretty darn good track record, Nick, and absolutely worth the price of admission. Um, I would also say look out for a resource deal here in the next couple of weeks in one of my favorite uh, resource companies. Uh, I, I, I sense a placement coming up that will be uh, maybe the last time we get in at these levels, if I'm correct. So We'll get that to you in a couple of weeks. Mr. Hodge, that's all I got. Thanks for the therapy session. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was therapy session, otherwise known as Bizarro World, episode number 166. Do not 
tan your testicles because a guy named Tucker tells you it's the bro thing to do, guys. I was going to Be kind to each other. See ya. Have a great rest of your life. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.